Okay, so every blessing to you all, and welcome back to my open air pulpit. A beautiful September day. In fact, this has been the warmest September, would you believe, since 1911. I think it was yesterday or the day before, it reached 34 degrees Celsius in Maidstone, which is in Kent, which is in the south of England. So a very hot day, and I think that today is going to be a scorcher as well. So I'm going to try and get as much done as I can before the sun comes up and really uh, causes me to melt. But just a couple of things to mention before I get into the message in hand and say that my Acts of the Apostles uh, message has uh, concluded, as some of you may know, and the entire recording runs to just shy of 27 hours long. So if you want to watch my entire Acts of the Apostles uh, without any graphics, without any music, just a raw uh, set of recordings which were done live, incidentally, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description box if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're not watching this on YouTube and uh, you have seen this on our website, if you go to our video section on our website and scroll down to Acts of the Apostles and it will be entitled The Complete Acts of the Apostles, all 27 hours. And it will be a great blessing to you all. You can also download it if you wish to in MP4 and get a blessing. On top of Acts of the Apostles being finished and saved, like I say, into a complete file. I've also been very busy uh, recording during my walking, talking sermons. And as of today, I've got 14 recorded, one still to be edited, and I've accumulated around, of around eight hours of material. Can you believe? So eight hours of material or thereabouts, uh, consisting of 14 walking, talking sermons. And I did one just yesterday entitled Fear, which I think would be a great blessing and of interest to many of you. Just one thing to say before I get into this message, the glare is very strong, uh, so if I move around a little bit, please forgive me. I should also say for those that may be new to this uh, forum that you're now seeing me through, this is my open air pulpit. In fact, I just jumped out of camera shot very quickly to allow you to see uh, what is behind me. It's somewhat overcast at the moment. I don't know why. It's incredibly hot, especially for the middle of September. But if you are new to this uh, channel, known as Ex-Catholics, then this is my open-air pulpit. And my name is James Battelle, and I run Ex-Catholics of Christ with my father Patrick. We are Father and Son Ministry, based in the UK. We've got two channels on YouTube, Ex-Catholics, which is where you're watching this video from, no doubt, and Ex-Catholics for Christ. And that's right, we are Ex-Catholics. Now, King James, Bible-believing Christians. Pre-millennial, pre-tribulational, once saved, always saved. And we make no apologies for that. But from a positive, I need to touch on a negative. Because there are people that have been posting videos over the last few days and weeks claiming that the Antichrist will be revealed to the world uh, this coming December, the 29th of December, 
2016 to be precise. And there are many reasons why people date fix and take a chance at guessing uh, biblical subjects, prophecy, what have you. Number one, the continual trend seems to be that for most of these people that are date fix and they are what we, uh, what we refer to as post-tribulational conditional security Christians. On top of that, they are mostly American. And I think one of the reasons why such people uh, put material up saying that the Antichrist is going to come at the end of the year or the rapture is going to come next month, for example, is down primarily to the uncertainty in America concerning the U.S. election. For example, is Obama going to suspend the election uh, coming this November due to Hillary's health? Some people are saying that she's got Parkinson's. Some people are saying that she has a double, a literal body double. You say, really? Yeah. Doubles aren't anything new. Churchill had a double during World War II, as did uh, Field Marshal Montgomery. Hitler had a double. Saddam Hussein had a double. So doubles aren't new. It's nothing unusual, or they're not new on the scene when it comes to the world of politics. But Hillary is very sick. She's very ill. In fact, she took several days off her campaigning to rest up. Someone said she had pneumonia, which, if that is true, linked in with Parkinson's, then she's a very sick woman. But of course, the media won't tell you that. They will play it down, and they will say that it's a right-wing conspiracy, and they will try and get the focus on Donald Trump, who may perhaps win the election. And yet I was uh, hearing about uh, a talk show uh, host, or a discussion on a talk show radio station, the day before yesterday, Patrick was telling me, and the individual who's being interviewed, a very uh, credible individual, was claiming that what could actually happen is Hillary could resign due to poor health, and Michelle Obama, of all people, will come in and replace her. And of course, Mrs. Obama is very popular uh, with the black feminist right, excuse me, the black feminist left, I should say, and she may perhaps be able to replace Hillary, and then you got Obama versus Trump. We will see. But the reason why I touch on the U.S. election, which isn't actually my mandate, uh, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, yes, I have an interest in politics, but I don't want to spend too much time discussing politics, is because many American Christians, post-tribulational, like I say, once saved, can be lost, are looking at the election and are worrying about what is going to occur. For example, some of our American brethren believe that if the election does go ahead, shall we say, and if Mrs. Clinton wins, which looks like she perhaps still could, it's not impossible, that somehow the economy is going to crash. Or if Obama uh, suspends the election, like I say, and stays in office for a third term, something which is unprecedented, I think the first, or the, the, the last president, I should say, to... Uh, stay on for a third term or to be elected to serve out a third term was FDR. And look how sick he was. Indeed, the American people were not told. John F. Kennedy was sick. And yet the American people were not told. In fact, even LBJ uh, suffered a heart attack and was so sick he had to stand down. He couldn't uh, stand for the 68 election, something which wasn't made well known to uh, Americans, and of course this goes back to how 
those of us which are observers are treated like children. It's the same in the UK. We've got a new Prime Minister called Mrs May. She came in a few months ago. And normally when a new Prime Minister comes in or places an outgoing Prime Minister, they tour the, two, uh, they, they tour the uh, studio stations. They meet the press and vicariously uh, the public. And they allow the public to get to know them. And yet this woman, Mrs May, has been in office for several weeks. And as far as I know, she's done no interviews. She hasn't met the press. And therefore she hasn't connected with the British people. And we are treated like children. You might say, but James, this is very much an American theme. Why are you discussing it? You are an Englishman. Well, first of all, pretty much uh, everything that happens in America affects those of us outside of America. Secondly, like I say, many of our post-tribulational uh, conditional security brethren are putting up videos and date-fixing the Antichrist's uh, arrival on the world stage. And therefore, I think I am entitled to speak about such a troublesome subject. But you would have thought, surely, from Matthew 24, 36, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. Now, did he get that? But of that day and hour knoweth no man concerning the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, not the rapture of the church. No, not the angels of heaven. So out goes Moroni, for the Mormons, and out goes Gabriel for the Muslims. But my father only. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. That includes the Pope. That includes your priest, your prophet, your pastor, your evangelist, your guru. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. And you would have thought, surely, that such a clear, unequivocal statement from the Lord concerning the second coming would silence such people. And yet, it doesn't seem to be silencing them. Because some of these people are, on the one hand, ignorant of Scripture, and yet, on the other hand, are restless. They are somewhat anxious about what is going on. And I can still remember some of the brethren, back in 08, going on record and saying that they thought Obama was the Antichrist. And I thought at the time, no, he's not the Antichrist. He is a type of the Antichrist, but he's not the Antichrist. And therefore, some of our brethren, I'm trying to be gracious when I call them brethren, think that they are able to understand the future. They think that the Lord is speaking to them. And in reality, they are nothing but modern-day Gnostics. Go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 13. And in Deuteronomy... Chapter 13, Moses tells us the following from verse 1. If there rise among you a prophet, or a dream of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign of the wonder come to pass, where he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them, thou shalt not hearken to the, to the words of that prophet, or that dream of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you, to know whether you love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, and with all your soul. So when a prophet comes along, or a dream of dreams, could be a mystic, could be a Protestant or a Catholic, it makes no difference to me, they are all pretty much the same. And they offer you a sign or a vision, like Muhammad did, concerning revelations from Allah, which simply means the God. 
you are told to mark that so-called prophet out. On top of that, you are told how the Lord your God, verse 3, proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So on the one hand, you've got individuals who are exhibitionists, who are wanting to get a following, who are wanting to offer themselves as something special, something important, like, look at me, everyone. The Lord spoke to me last night, and he told me A, B, and C. And they do that, like I say, because they are ignorant of Scripture. And yet, on the other hand, Almighty God is probably using those people, they may be saved, they may be unsaved, to test you, to try you out. Go to chapter 18, Scripture with Scripture. Deuteronomy 18, look at verse 20, please. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Now for the Old Testament, going into the New Testament, if a prophet spoke in the name of the Lord, or if a prophet believed they were receiving a revelation, like uh, Balaam, for example, and such didn't come to pass, not only were they a false prophet, being a false teacher for the New Testament, but they were to be put to death. That's how serious Almighty God takes such people. But keep your hand in uh, this piece of scripture and go to the book of Romans. Romans uh, chapter 16. And Paul had a lot of, uh, Paul had a lot of, uh, Paul had a lot to say, excuse me, about this particular problem uh, for the church age. There were false teachers even during the life of the apostles. And in Romans 16, 17, Paul told you what to do. Now beseech your brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offences, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. So when someone comes along today, and they say uh, how the Lord has spoken to them, and the Lord has told them, for example, that the Antichrist is going to arrive on the 29th of December, 2016, or that the rapture will occur on the 22nd of October, for example, you know that you are dealing with a false teacher, a false prophet, because at the end of the day, such people, Catholic, Protestants, Evangelical, Fundamentalist, Islamic, Hindu, Sikhism, Freemason, what have you, at the end of the day, those people know no more than you do. They don't know any more than you do. Go to Titus, please. Titus, uh, just before the book of Hebrews, and Titus, uh, Titus chapter 1, Paul told you uh, from verse 10, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision concerning Judaizers. And we can take this piece of scripture and apply it to people today. Jew or Gentile makes no difference. They're all motivated by the same uh, reasons, the same motives. 11. Whose mouths must be stopped, spiritually, not physically. Who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Money. In fact, I saw a church 
a few days ago. I was going through the channels and I came across this church. Not sure which church it was. And I watched quite carefully for maybe three or four minutes the preacher in the pulpit and I counted five bodyguards. They weren't there to protect the parishioners. They were there to protect the preacher. And I've noticed others that have got bodyguards. I think T.D. Jakes uh, has a group of bodyguards. Benny Hinn has a group of bodyguards. I think Joyce Mayer has a group of bodyguards. And those men are not Christians. They are unsaved men, trained, no doubt, but well paid to protect uh, these celebrity preachers, these celebrity uh, members of the clergy, so-called. And I thought to myself, five men armed, standing around the preacher, guarding him, not the parishioners, I wonder what they are receiving in a salary. Makes you think, doesn't it? Also from Titus, uh, chapter 13, This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may learn, or that they may be sound in the faith. Go back to Deuteronomy. So, two things. Number one, please appreciate that for biblical times, when a false prophet, a man or woman, came along and gave a false prophecy, which didn't come to pass, they were to be put to death. But for today, we are to mark, mark such a person out, warn others about such people, and then separate from such people. And I think about those poor people that got caught up with William Miller back in the 19th century, one of the leaders of the SDA cult, who sold their homes and went to a high hill like this on a particular occasion, waiting in anticipation for the Lord to return. And some of those people sold their homes. And some of those people were convinced that Christ was coming back for them during their lifetime. So much so that they sold their homes and gave them away. Some uh, just gave them away for nothing. Some sold them, but for a good number of them, they just gave them away because they thought the Lord was coming for them and they wouldn't need them. And after many hours on that hillside or hilltop, they waited and realized that he wasn't coming back. And those poor people in Brooklyn, New York, members of another Christian cult known as the Jehovah's Witnesses, were told to not get married, or if they were married, not to have children. And those poor people missed the boat. And this is the damage when false teachers make such pernicious statements. Let me say this to you. If you are a preacher, legit or not, what you say does affect people's lives. Okay? And if you are a false teacher, preaching messages like the Antichrist arrival or the rapture of the church, look out, because there's a place in hell for you. But Deuteronomy 18, look at verse 21, please. And thou say in thine heart, how shall I know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is a thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but that prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. If only those that were listening to Miller, or Howard Camping, or the elders of the JW movement, uh, 
had known their scripture. They wouldn't have gone astray. On top of that, the Mormons also believe that they are receiving revelations from the Lord, as does the Catholic Church. And we call those people Gnostics, because during the first century, there were many Gnostics which clashed with the Apostle John. And that's why he wrote First uh, John, to counter the Gnostics. And one of their pet beliefs was that the Scripture was all very well, but the Scripture wasn't everything. There were truths outside of the Scripture, which is what the Catholics teach. They say that the Scripture is, yes, the Word of God, and yet the magisterium of the Church is also the Word of God. And they have the two. And what happens is, when this clashes with the magisterium of the Church, which of course it does, they throw the Bible out, and they go with the magisterium of the Church, which is heresy. And you were told, very clearly, in Psalm 1, 38, from memory, how the Lord has put his word, his written word above all of his name, which is incredible. And it shows me that for today, the word of God is the highest authority in the eyes of the Lord. And yet, at the great white throne judgment, at the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. So you ask yourself, why are these people getting up and giving prophecies, offering visions, offering additional light? How are we to understand that? And I've been observing these people for years. And I think, like I say, and I'll say it again, that for the most you're dealing with exhibitionists, attention seekers, false brethren, and yet some could be saved and yet deceived. But they are very much speaking off their own backs. They haven't been commissioned to say what they are saying. They are simply speaking off their own backs. They are simply wanting to get an audience. And some of these people are running big ministries, multi-million dollar ministries. And they sell their DVDs uh, for a lot of money. And they give meetings. They say, book your tickets now. Uh, but before they sell out and all that nonsense. But there's a scripture, which I was reading a couple, a couple of nights ago, from First Samuel, which I thought was just uh, perfect for this message, to understand who these people are and why they do what they do. First Samuel 18, look at verse 10, please. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirits from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, now mark a couple of things, uh, if you will. First of all, this evil spirit has come from God, not the devil. Secondly, this evil spirit has come upon Saul, the Lord's anointed. And people say, touch not thine anointed, I am the Lord's anointed. I am an apostle, or I am a prophet, or I am a successor of the apostle Peter. That kind of talk. So when it says how it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, you know that it is possible for someone who offers himself as being legit can also be receptive or can receive an evil spirit from the Lord. Look, keep on reading. And he prophesied in the midst of the house. You've got somebody who claims to be saved. He has or she has received an evil spirit. They are prophesying like these people claim to be able to do in the midst of the house, and they say, this is the house of the Lord. And people cut their hands and jump up and down. 
and say that they are in the presence of something special, something remarkable, and yet in reality they are watching, listening to somebody who's been filled with an unclean spirit. You could be glued to your television set, you could be glued to your computer screen, and you may be saying to yourself, but I know he's legit, or I know she's legit. One more time. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, the Lord's anointed, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand, as at other times there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Go to Revelation chapter 16, please, a book that I'm currently reading through. And please join me every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to hear the word of God. And in Revelation chapter 16, another interesting scripture, which uh, will add some light to what we are looking at today. Revelation 16, look at verse 13. That number 13, 666, Friday the 13th. Very much the infamous number of the occult. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out to the mouth of the dragon and out to the mouth of the beast and out to the mouth of the false prophets. Unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth. These people speak a lot. Professional preachers. Yap, yap, yap. They talk a lot. Unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon being Satan and out to the mouth of the beast being the Antichrist and out to the mouth of the false prophet, being just that. And although this is eschatological, concerning the tribulation, which is still to come, we can read this and apply it to those living in the church age today. Because many of these men and women that are in pews and are preaching this particular message are doing so thanks to unclean spirits. If King Saul, the Lord's anointed, uh, could receive an unclean spirit and prophesy as a result of receiving an unclean spirit, then why can't these people also receive unclean spirits and prophesy and get your minds off the Lord and onto them? Verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. They do miracles. Catholics claim to do miracles. In fact, every uh, Catholic who goes to Mass on a regular basis believes that he or she is participating in a miracle because the priest is able to bring Jesus down from heaven, or so they would have you believe, and crucify him afresh, and eat him alive, and the Wine becomes his blood, and they claim that such has just occurred, a continuation of Calvary, which is a blasphemy. And you see some of these uh, TV evangelists going around, laying their hands on people, and apparently resurrecting people, or healing people. And I always ask myself this question, and you should too. How do we know, first of all, that those who are receiving such healings, were sick to begin with. Is it not possible that for some of those people, they 
are actors being paid to be at such an event. On top of that, let's say they are sick. How do we know they are uh, very sick? I mean, for example, without reading their medical records, you've got no idea just how sick they really are. But let's just say that they are sick and that a miracle has taken place. I don't find it in the scripture. I find the Lord doing miracles very much out in the open, places such as this. I find the apostles doing miracles in places such as this, not in buildings per se. Yes, there is an account of the Lord uh, dealing with a man with the unclean spirits in a synagogue, but that's exception, not the norm, not the practice. Most of what you read about in the Word of God took place out in the open. And these spirits of devils working miracles, so-called, don't result necessarily in people getting saved, I might also add. But what they do result, on many occasions, are people following preachers, pastors, priests, Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, and getting caught up with pastor worship. Go to Second Corinthians. And my last message I made at the open-air pulpit was on Satan being able to seduce Eve. Not physically, but spiritually. And I spoke about the so-called seed doctrine, which isn't scriptural. It's somewhat fanciful that Satan was able to impregnate Eve, and as a result, she fell pregnant. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul speaks about this in verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through a subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. When you lose it up here, concerning Scripture alone, concerning Christ alone, you really are in a bad way. And if the cults don't come along and mop you up, the false religions will, like the Catholics, like the Protestants. Or you may get caught up with Islamists, or Hindus, or Sikhs. One of the reasons why so many people go from church to church is because they are unsettled, they are restless, they aren't able to rest in the Lord Jesus Christ, they aren't able to truly appreciate what took place at Calvary. I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to receive truth, I need to receive more truth, I can't just do this or that. They are constantly uh, wandering around, very much like the wandering Jew. When it says here, but I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent, Satan, beguiled Eve through a subtlety, he questions scripture, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And I take this verse to understand that it is possible for saved people to go astray, to get caught up in these charismatic meetings, Pentecostal meetings, Catholic churches, Protestant churches. Look at verse 13, please. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. 
False apostles, you think of the Catholic Church, they claim to be apostolic, as do the Mormons. Deceitful workers, name and claim it, your best life now. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now, it is possible that you've got unsaved people indwelt with unclean spirits who are, in a way that I don't quite understand, transforming themselves into preachers, ministers, Protestant Catholic, what have you, of righteousness. I mean, it's bad enough that what they are saying is erroneous, heretical, and yet, on top of that, they are almost being uh, taken over by unclean spirits. 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Christ was referred to as the uh, angel of the Lord, and he told you that he was the light of the world. So Satan is a great counterfeit. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as a minister of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. They will get theirs. Mark my words. And over in Second Peter 2, 1 to 3, he speaks about false teachers, uh, preaching pernicious messages, false gospels, and as a result, make merchandise off the backs of ordinary people. Also be interest to me, from 11.4, this threefold warning. Another Jesus, another spirits, and another gospel, which is very uh, reminiscent to what I read you from Revelation 16.13 concerning three unclean spirits, resulting in many people being destroyed physically and spiritually. So I think you've got enough from me today. It's very hot as I'm standing here and my throat is starting to dry up. So if you are reading along with me, uh, that's the best thing to do. Don't just sit back and take my word for what I've said. Read along with me. Check the scriptures for yourself. And if you've got a Bible, get one because you need one. And if you haven't got the money to buy one, let us know. And we, will do, we will do what we can to get one to you. But I will leave you with that uh, offer and I will say this before I sign out, before my voice uh, gives way <laughs> that get saved, trust Christ alone to save you trust the scriptures alone for everything that you need, never mind what he or she says, don't get caught up too much with the uh, US election and the uncertainty about whether or not Hillary is going to stand down, or Mrs. Obama is going to somehow replace her. All you are told to do, as a Bible believer, is to pray for such people. If Obama suspends the election and stays in office for two, three, four years, so be it. It makes no difference. Romans 8.28 tells us how all things, without exception, work together 24-7 for good to those that love him, which are the called according to his purpose. So if you are saved, don't be restless. Don't be apprehensive. Don't panic. Don't have a meltdown. Rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you happen to go through the channels, or if you're surfing, and you come across people who are claiming to be receiving messages or revelations, switch them off. They are liars. They are false teachers. They are deceivers. And they are making a lot of money 
off the backs of ordinary people. Like I say, for some of those people, there'll be a special place in hell reserved for them. And for those that are saved and yet have strayed into error, look out at the judgment seats of the Lord. You were told over in Luke chapter 12, I think it is, how Christ will whip certain people. And I mean literally whip certain people. And I'm thinking about folks such as that, false preachers, false teachers. But I think you've got enough for today and have hopefully been edified. And if you are supporting ministries that preach such a message, quit doing that, confess it to the Lord and turn from it and get into the Word of God. And I promise you, you will pass from this heaviness that you've been experiencing, lack of prayers being answered, lack of joy, uh, lack of peace, to being overwhelmed with peace, joy, and holiness, which comes from the Holy Ghost. So, there you are. Nearly 40 minutes of material to share with you all, and a look out over the next few weeks and months for more of my walking, talking sermons. But for now, may the Lord bless you all. Maranatha, and God bless you. One scripture which I forgot to share with you all, my apologies. Galatians chapter 1, look at verse 6, please. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. You've got one gospel which saves, faith alone and Christ alone, and another gospel which will condemn you. And that's why it's imperative to check everyone and everything in light of Scripture. And I will close with one additional account which I overlooked concerning an event which took place at John MacArthur's church over a year ago. A guy from Scotland, this charismatic chap, stormed onto the pulpit, the stage where John MacArthur was preaching. And this individual from Scotland, this charismatic, very much the sort of character we've been reading about today, thought that Almighty God had spoken to him, had given him a revelation, so much so that he wanted to confront MacArthur. And he jumped up onto the platform area and whistled somewhat bizarrely at MacArthur. He turned around, looked at this guy, and within about 10 seconds, three armed security guards jumped up and frog-marched him off the stage and put him in a side room. On top of that, they then phoned the police, which I think is technically in violation of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That guy may have been saved, maybe not. He may have had mental problems. He may have been possessed by unclean spirits. Who knows? But again, armed guards in a church protecting the preacher, not the parishioners. And those three men, armed, like I say, receiving pretty handsome salaries, and yet that kind of money could be spent on missionaries, could be spent on getting the word of God out. But here Paul told you very clearly that if someone, human or angelic, comes along with another gospel, like Muhammad, 
like Mary, like the Church of Rome, how such a person was to be accursed, meaning hellfire forever. And Paul could say that because Paul was an apostle. In fact, he would say over in 1 Corinthians, the last chapter, how if anyone didn't love the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be anathema, maranatha. Very much in reference to those that were speaking in tongues, claiming to be receiving revelations, doing so or throwing backs. And many of those Corinthians had come from demonic backgrounds. And they were speaking in tongues from their former religions, and they were cursing Christ. Terrifying thought. And that's why it's so important to, first of all, not speak in tongues. And if you think tongues are for today, never more than two or three at any given uh, occasion. Never when unsaved people are present. Always men, and never without an interpreter present. And when those conditions are met, which is kind of rare, but when those conditions are met, then you may have grounds for tongues being for today. I don't believe, personally, that tongues are for today. I will say that. But if you do believe that tongues are for today, that's the criteria. And on top of that, the tongue has to be a known languages. Hence why the interpreter is needed to interpret what is being said. So I will sign out now for good and leave you with that thought and if you are in a system which believes in prophecies and revelations or involves the one man minister then watch out look out uh, if you really want to get a blessing this is where you're going to find it he's put his word above all that is his name this is all that you need after you are saved to grow to develop into a relationship with the Lord and to, keep, uh, and to keep unclean spirits away from you as well. Like I say, if Saul could be afflicted with an unclean spirit, so too could you. But I won't go over that again. So there you are. And this time I will sign out for good. And uh, just jump out of camera shot one final time. The mist has broken somewhat and... As you know, I do like to show you the open-air pulpits on a day such as today. A beautiful September day. And yes, I am filming from a slightly different uh, angle. In fact, for those of you which may be interested to know and to see, my friends, the horses, are not a million miles away from where I've been standing on somewhat uh, uncomfortable ground. And I will just try and get some material for those of you which would like to see these beautiful horses who are very well fed and well looked after. When I first started filming, the horse, in the very distance, was leaping around like black beauty, very much enjoying himself or herself. I don't know what their uh, sexuality is. Can't make out from here. But uh, I will close with these beautiful horses 
and wish you every blessing, every happiness, every peace and joy in the name of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen and Amen.